UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Let me see if I download my um. podcast i'm really honored to have on my guest today um i like to give a shout out to other shows where i've seen these people from actually one of my subscribers recommended um ran at it to me and then i checked out her show with james rink and it was um above and beyond a lot of stuff that i had heard that like like stuff that people are coming out with like you know it's not like your usual recycled stuff like this is all like new intel um very advanced thinking um, but who I have with me is Raynetta Jones. She was born in the port of Spain, Trinidad and Tobago. She came to the United States at the age of 14 with her family. She attended MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. High School in Manhattan, New York City. She would like to note that she does not have any memories of high school lunch break for three years. She graduated at 17 years of age and attended the University of Buffalo. Her tenure at University of Buffalo was short-lived due to serious neurological anomalies, which she later learned was brain scrambling technologies. While at UB, she wanted to pursue a degree in micro and molecular biology. Um, however, that didn't pan out. After University of Buffalo, she turned to Sheffield University in England to study a broad student. After returning to the U.S., she took time to invent, model, and dance. In 2000, she had a meeting with a friend about her two inventions, the iPod and the Kindle, and also a novel conceptual hosiery design, all of which were stolen. Later, she learned that she had connections to Steve Jobs and was invited by him to launch iTunes off the Corporito, California. After that meeting was followed by a, a Russian who befriended her, he invited her to go to England a couple days later after September 11, 2001. It wasn't until 2016 that she was told that both David and Yuri were Mossad agents and they had got her to go to the U.S. for the launch of the iPod. So, and, and this goes, and then it goes into more, she had like secret space program memories, and we're going to hear about all this today in her extraterrestrial experiences. It's it's amazing, and I just want to, and her website is uh, blacksunrise.com. That's B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N-R-I-S-E.com. And some of her inventions are Penny Net, Water Project, Dance Fitness and Health and Wellness Program, Micromobile, double-decker auto, eyes for the blind, walking stick, interactive television. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show. Renetta, thank you for joining me. How are you? Hi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If I can um, if I can save the life of one person or wake one person up, I think I did my job, you know? I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. 
Yeah, I, I mean, like, what what I wanted to ask you was, like, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to pay attention much to the comments, guys, today, because I really want to focus on the yeah, – usually I'm interactive with the, the comments. But if you guys have any questions, you can put them in the in the comments. But what I wanted to know was, how did you end up in this underground civilization, like El Dorado, and how did you find out about it? Like, that was fascinating, but I didn't catch the part where this all – how this all happened to you. Okay, so just to like make the story short, because it's a long story, I ended up having to run out of the United States for my life because they were trying to kill me. And they, you know who they are. And I left after I worked at the UN, right? And I went to Trinidad. I went back to my home country thinking I could hide there. In fact, they took over the whole country and demanded that they tell them exactly where I was so they could track me 24-7. And I didn't know at the time why, but later on, I, you know, I found out why. But while I was there in Trinidad, I was working part-time, right, and also taking some training courses. And I decided, because the weather there is very favorable, so instead of taking a taxi, I would walk to work. I would just wake up earlier and I would do the one hour walk because the weather was, is really beautiful early in the morning. So I used to walk down what they call Eastern Main Road. So when you get to Eastern Main Road, right before what you call Barataria, right? That's the other city. There is this electrical substation. So I noticed whenever I would pass the substation, and bear in mind that I have two types of technologies in my body, which silly me, I'm going to show you some of it. But silly me, I forgot to send you more detailed information with the x-rays and the CT scan so you could see the cybernetics in my brain, right? Sorry about that. Okay, so I have two types of technologies in my body, okay? One of them was put in when I was 13 years old, okay? I went to sleep on a Thursday and then I woke up on a Sunday and I woke up in a pool of blood. Okay. The other was put in by the U S government when I was 15 years old. I believe they put it in every three, every three years. I hope I got that right. Uh, every three, every four years. So, if it's three or four, it would be 15, 18 or 19, then, you know, 21, that kind of thing, right? So the U.S. government, the U.S. government was putting their technology to interface with an older alien technology that's in my body, okay? And both parties did it without my consent. However, and I'm getting back to El Dorado. Both parties did it without my consent, but one did it to protect me. The other one, it depends, you know, they could have done it for what you call national security. They could have done it for study. Okay. But what I will tell you is when I went to work at the UN, I encountered an extraterrestrial being and he turned on the government type technology. And from the time he turned it on in my body, that's when I was hunted. So that's how I ended up in Trinidad.
So fast forward. So there's a substation. Now, what I realized regarding high school in my biography, where you read, I had three years of missing time during lunch. I discovered my high school in America has a substation behind it. Okay, the one in America. Now, fast forward to Trinidad. When I was walking down Eastern Main Road, I got to this substation. It was daytime, actually it was early morning. And I distinctly heard a voice, like it was a call. And it kept saying, coming from the area of the substation, Trinidad has gold. Trinidad has gold. So I looked around. I didn't know Caribbean people are very superstitious because we have a lot of cryptids, what Americans call cryptids. And usually, if you're in the Caribbean and you hear a cryptid, you go running. You know. So Wait, I can just, I ask you a question? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I really apologize, but I, I cover cryptids on this channel a lot. And that's something that you didn't get into on James Rink's show. And I'd love to hear about it. What kind of cryptids do they have? And, and, and we can get back on track. I just have to know this. It's so interesting. What kind yeah. of cryptids do they have in, in, in Trinidad? That sounds so interesting. Oh, and by the way, my friend has some, uh, he just showed me the pictures last night. He has mm -hmm. some old uh, Haitian voodoo dolls. And he mm -hmm. has an old spirit bottle, uh, you know, that, that supposedly has a spirit in it. I was going to mm -hmm. post it on my channel, but that it's right around that area too, right? Yeah. Well, cryptids, cryptids, is, uh, they come before uh, what we call obia. So what you call in Haiti, what Haitians call voodoo is what we call obia. Okay. So it's a, it's a different term. Okay. Um, cryptids are basically like, for example, if you go into the forest in Trinidad, before you go into the forest, you have to ask permission from Papa Bois. The word is French or French Creole. It means father of the woods. Papa Bois, Bois is stick, right? Uh, if you don't, you may not come out of their life. And this is not a joke. So when you travel and people tell you the superstitions of their land, it's wise to take heed because these things exist. Another one we have is what you call la diablesse. This is another French Creole word. And basically what it is, it's a siren, but she's not a sea siren. She's a land siren. And what she does is, let's say you're walking late at night and you're a man. She usually calls men, right? So you're late at night and you're in the bush. All of a sudden you smell this perfume. And then you turn around and you see this beautiful woman with glowing hair dressed in all white. And she's calling you and telling you, come. Literally, she's leading you to your death. And the way you know a larger bless is you got to look at their feet. Okay? So they're not just cryptids. They're also chimera because she's chimeric. She's part human, part cow or, or cattle. Okay? You look at her, her feet and you see that her feet are hooves. I personally know someone who saw larger bless. Okay, another one we have is called the sukunya, what people in the West call a vampire. Okay, and basically what it is, and funny enough, funny enough, when I was studying the um, ancient folklore of um, of uh, the ritualistic, the blood rituals, one of the things I learned was that they created a potion to remove their skin. 
And this goes back thousands of years. And I said, oh my God, that's a sukunya. We have the same thing in Trinidad. And what they do, these are masters in the occult. They're human, but they can take off their human suit. And there's a specific potion they made when they take off their human suit. They rub an oil on their skin and their human suit comes off. Then they turn into a ball of fire and they fly through the sky. So I know vampires don't turn into a ball, but they do. And then they go out throughout the night and they look for an open window and they come inside the house and then they start sucking the blood of the person and then they leave. So that's a sukunya. Then we have other ones, another one called La Jablesse. Uh, sorry, uh, Douin, Douin, okay? D-O-U-E-N, Douin. And what Douins are, are children who die before they're christened. And this is how you tell them. Like, you call them in America black-eyed children. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you call them black-eyed children. We call them Douin. But how you distinguish a Douin is not from the black eyes. Their feet, okay, so you know your body is facing front right so your eyes are front your hands are front your feet are front right doing their feet face the opposite direction so you don't know which way a doing is walking and they usually hide in the woods so these are some of the cryptids these are some of the cryptids you would have. and then we have jumbi so a jumbi is kind of a mixture of a zombie and a spirit right and jumbi is mainly what people use when they're involved in the occult. And, you know, that's the dark side. Like, for example, most people don't realize that voodoo has a good side, a clean side. And then there's a dark side. Okay, people think voodoo and they think, oh, it's all evil. No, there's a good side and a bad side. It depends on the person who's using the elements, right? I don't get involved in voodoo. I'm just telling you how it operates. Okay. And basically, voodoo is elemental. So when you're dealing with things like jumbies, okay, in Trinidad, we call them jumbies. You call them zombies. But they're both. They're a mixture of a person who doesn't have a spirit. And then in its purest form, it's a spirit. Right? So I thought when I was walking past this, this electrical substation, I thought, oh, my God, I'm hearing a jumbie. You know, that's what I thought because, you know, they're very superstitious in the Caribbean, right? I was like, oh my God, then it hit me. I was like, hold on, jumbies don't come out in the daytime. So I looked around and funny enough, that area, and I'm not being derogatory, okay? But that area, they, they, that area has a long history of um, putting poor people on that land, okay? Little do they know what's under there. As with most countries, like most poor people live on the, the richest land and then they find out what's under there and then they, you know, exterminate the people and you know how, you know how they are. Yeah. That area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally how, how it is. You know, rich people, poor people live on the richest land and rich people live on the poorest land. It's crazy. Is that why there is just as a side note, is that why there's like the extreme warfare in some parts of Africa, like why they have them in doing civil war over like yes. blood diamonds and stuff because they're on top of maybe some kind of. Uh... Yeah. 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 I mean, Africa is like, you know, OK, let me say this. The majority of Africa is extremely peaceful. They don't tell you this. OK, whenever you hear anything, because I talk to Africans, I talk to everybody. 
you know, to try to understand what's really going on. 90% of Africa is peaceful. Whenever you see a conflict in Africa, the first question you need to, the first thing you need to say to yourself is what satellites are over there? Because that's how they find the resources. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So what satellites, when they, when the satellites come in, it's ground penetrating satellites. And once they find the resources, then surface level, it's usually poor people or a tribe living on top of the land. That then they come in. You see how the game is played? And then they yes. say, oh, civil war. No, when it comes to Africa, the first thing you have to ask yourself is what's under there that they want. Same thing with Haiti. Like most people don't realize that Haiti, in terms of resources, was one of the richest islands in the Caribbean. Haiti had over $2 trillion in gold. They stole all of it with the, Haiti, the Haitian earthquake. Haiti, off the coast of Haiti, had the largest deposits of oil. Okay, and then Haiti has this this uh, rare uh, metal um, for building satellites called iridium, and the satellites now that they're building are all iridium satellites, of which they plundered and they stole from the Haitians, and they never paid them. So most people sit and they think, "Oh, Haiti's poor." No, Haiti's not poor. Haiti's just been robbed. So these are the. It started are, back with Columbus, right? It, uh, you know, like Columbus came and he he uh, he, he he robbed them of all their gold. That was like the the whole uh, Spanish acquisition with Cortez, Pizarro, and Columbus. They went all over the North America and South America and 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 raided those people's land, the Aztecs, the Mayans, yeah. the the mm -hmm. Caribbean. My screen's starting to freeze, but yeah, I, I saw. I, yeah, you're absolutely right. It did start with Columbus. And Columbus was not on a, a spice mission. By the way, you look like a Jesuit. Your style, very Jesuit, Me? dark hair. Yeah, that's that's the Jesuit style: dark hair, dark skin, dark um, uh, dark shirt. I'm, I'm Lebanese and Greek. I'm, hey, Lebanese uh, so, and Greek. Your style yeah. is very, very, yeah, very um, Jesuit. That's that's their that, that's their style. You know what I mean? No, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying that's their style. But uh, yeah. yeah, when it came to Columbus, Columbus was one of those that, um, you know, were lied to in history, okay? Columbus was not on a mission to look for spice. Columbus was on a mission to find ancient civilizations, which continued during World War I, which continued during World War II, and which is ongoing now in Ukraine, okay? Yes. Which is ongoing now in Ethiopia, right? So... In, in, in terms of Columbus, yes, Columbus was sent to find specific ancient civilizations, one of which was El Dorado. Okay? And when he failed at his mission, when he failed at his mission, there was another attempt during World War II under the Nazis to find El Dorado. It's called Operation Newland, N-E-U-L-A-N-D, where the Nazis were in the Americas in the exact region of El Dorado, which is the Gulf of Paria. And they were sinking supply ships, okay? And for, for your guests, your guests probably know Phil Schneider. Yes. Phil, yeah. Phil Schneider's dad was a Nazi who was the captain of a Nazi U-boat. And the U.S. Navy captured him. Where were those Nazi U-boats? 
that was Operation Newland in the Gulf of Paria, right in the region where El Dorado is, right? So if you listen to Phil Schneider, he's going to say his dad was a Nazi who was the captain of a U-boat. That's Operation Newland. So that tells you they've been looking for El Dorado, which is what King Oban said. So let's get back. So I'm near this, um, this substation, right? And I'm hearing this voice and I'm like, whoa, but it wasn't just a voice. It was a type of, of communication that shook the, the, the liquid in your body. Okay. So you know how you and I, we talk, we hear it goes through the ears. Okay. Yeah. It shakes the water in the ears and then it gets translated to sound and that's about it. Right. This communication, yeah coming from this substation was more like it literally vibrated the liquid in my body. So when I moved away from the substation, I couldn't get this out of my head. I'm like, oh my God, there's gold here. But it told me two things. Trinidad has gold. Trinidad has pyramids. That's all it kept telling me. Trinidad has gold. Trinidad has pyramids. And I'm like, so when I left, I, I, I kept walking, the vibration, the communication stayed in, in my body like a vibration to the point that I was restless for a week. So I thought to myself, I said, maybe it's me, you know, maybe it's, you know, Caribbean is a lot of obia, is, uh, maybe it's me. So I said to myself, I said, you know what? I'm gonna go back the next day. So I went back the next day and the same thing happened. And I'm like, okay, but this time the vibration on the liquid, the water in my body, the liquids in my body was stronger to the, to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't control it. I, I started to repeat Trinidad has gold and Trinidad has pyramids. So I said to myself, oh goodness, how am I going to find out? And I said to myself, I said, look, if this country has gold, it has to be that Northern range which is where the name comes from, which is Trinidad, Trinity, or La Trinidad, which is the Trinity. And if you know the Trinity, the Trinity is a pre-Christian um, uh, concept, okay? The oldest Trinity, or one of the oldest, is Alsa Oset Heru. In the Greek, it's Osiris, Isis, and Horus. In Christianity, it's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And then the ancient Hindu people, they have their trinity. So the trinity is not a new concept. It's an old concept, right? And it predates Christianity by at least 10,000 years, right? We know this. So Trinidad was named Trinidad after the trinity of mountains. So I said to myself, I said, if they have pyramids, the pyramids are gonna be in that Northern range, right? And I said, if they have gold, how am I going to find out if they have gold? Funny enough, I started to do some research. And that's when I discussed, this is above level research before I even went there, right? So I said to myself, I say, okay, let's do some research. So then I discovered that the Northern Range in Trinidad, which is a mountainous region, Trinidad, it's the most southernly Caribbean island, right? But the topography, the landscape looks like South America, right? And the reason why the waters around Trinidad is not your classic 
Caribbean waters. It's because the Orinoco Basin literally empties itself around the island, right? So I went to go do some research. And that's when I discovered, hold on, the Andes region in South America is a gold region. That is where the majority of gold in the South, in the South American continent comes from. Where does the Andes mountains end? They stop at Venezuela. They break off in the Gulf of Paria. They start again in the Northwest Trinidad. And then they, it ends smack dab on the Eastern side of Trinidad. And the Andes region is known as the gold producing region in South America, right? Here's the second crazy thing. When it comes to Venezuela, Venezuela has some of the most gold and the most oil on earth. The gold in Venezuela come, is in the Orinoco Delta. Why is that important? The Orinoco Delta empties itself around the entire island of Trinidad. Gold. You see? So. Yeah. So that was what my research above ground showed me, right? So then when I came back years later, this is 2015, years later, which was a couple months ago, you know, it was bothering me. I said, I wonder what was under there, you know, what was under that subconductor that was telling me, you know, Trinidad had gold and Trinidad has oil. By the way, they are on my, my networks. They're watching me from the camera and they're on my networks and they're really hitting me in these cybernetics right now. So just if you see me squinting, just, just ignore it, okay? So I went to James because I know James, he does regression. And by the way, they like, they mess with my eyes sometimes, this one, because the cybernetics in my head is like literally goes all the way back here, okay? And it's... It, wow. Yeah, right here is where they I get problems because the cybernetics, like when you look at my x-ray, this area, okay, on an x-ray, it looks like someone cut out the bone under the x-ray, okay, and then fused the bone back on. Okay, it's really crazy. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, 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 I have the pictures. I'll probably, you know, go dig, it, dig them up and show you guys. So if you see me like squinting, you know, just don't worry about it. I'm just trying to, to focus because they're like, they're on the cybernetics and they're torturing the crap out of me. But whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll survive, right? Okay, so I went to James and I was like, James, listen, two things. Number one, I don't have any memory of lunchtime in high school, okay? Number one, right? I said, I need to find out what happened to me, okay? Number two, I said, when I told him, I said, when I was in Trinidad, I said, this happened to me. I said, I want to find out what was in that area that was making that emanation. You know, what kind of communication is that? Because I've encountered multiple ETs and they all have different, um, different uh, uh, etheric fields or auric fields, right? Um, when it comes to the Draco, I've stood before Dracos without their human suits, okay? And the energy field of a Draco, oh, you know, 
okay? I've stood in front of, um, I don't know if he was an Anunnaki, he was very short, okay? But he was a human, he was in human form, he didn't shift. So some people say he could have been a gray. I said, I don't know, but his energy field was 30 feet. Okay, so I've been in front of these these entities. Okay, for some Wait, reason. I have a question. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, what, what is the, what, in your opinion, what is the energy field of an extraterrestrial like? Is it overbearing? Cause I, I can yes. tap into people's energy sometimes and yes. the energy of a human's fine. You can just kind of tap into someone's energy and that's that. But I've never had the experience of tapping into an extraterrestrial energy. What is that even like? Yeah. Number one, I wouldn't advise tapping into any ET energy. Okay. What it is, is when the extraterrestrial, okay, so we have extraterrestrial, we have inner earth, which is what we're talking about today, right? And then we have interdimensionals, things that you call spirits. Spirits dwell there, demons dwell there, and ETs can go in between that realm, okay? So you have ETs outside of earth's atmosphere, what you call space. You have inner earth that's down below. That's the group we're talking about today. And then the third one is interdimensional. Both space and inner earth can move interdimensionally. And that is where people make the mistake and call them demons. They're not demons. Now, some of them could be evil as hell, but demons, they're not. They're just a different species. Okay. Coming to the energy field. I, unfortunately, I don't know why these entities don't leave me alone, but whatever. The energy field of a Draco is extremely, it's the most masculine of masculine, of masculine energy fields, okay? So think yourself, you're a man, okay? Multiply your energy, your male energy times a million, okay? Now add on to that domination. Okay, that's the energy field of a Draco. Okay, you now, know why I asked that, Renetta? Because um, I've heard stories of people being around Greys, and they said, you know, when they they I, I remember this contactee. I don't know if you remember him. His name was Jim Sparks. He used to come on the Art Bell show. I don't know if there's any truth to this, but he said when he would get around a real Gray, he said there were small Greys and tall Greys, and he said when he would get around a, a, a tall Gray, it would almost paralyze him because the energy was so um, yeah. intense. Is there yeah. any truth to that? That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. I'll explain Draco. I'll explain Greys. I will explain human ETs. Okay. I will explain inner earth energy field. Okay. And then I will explain, um, there's one more I wanted to explain. Okay. So that's Draco, right? Okay. The human ET of which I encountered at the UN. Okay. He was a king because when I saw him, I could read. It was like his bio field was like a computer screen in front of me. And I read immediately he was a king. He was coming out of the white building on the UN headquarters. His energy field was 30 feet away. I was 30 feet away when I could not move when he came within my range. Okay? Now, I can go into what he did to me and they all have something they do to humans. Okay, what he tried to do is he tried to separate my spirit from my body. Okay, 
Whereas when I stood before the Draco, the Draco hypnotized me, okay, through light, like lasers coming out of his eyes, okay? So there were like laser type lights coming out of the Draco's eyes and he literally held on to an organ in the center of my brain, okay? So that was the Draco. And then he was imposing his will through his hypnotic gaze. Okay, that's that's Draco energy. Whereas the king, who could have been a gray, he didn't shift in front of me. He still had human form. I think he was um, he was from the Middle East. So the only the only reason why I don't call him an Anunnaki is because he was short. He was extremely short, and Anunnaki's are very tall. So I don't know. But what he did is he tried to. He had me. I was in stasis. I couldn't move. Okay. And he was trying to separate my spirit from my body. Whereas the Draco was trying to wanted to have sex with me and then kill me. Do you think this little guy could have been like a fairy or a trickster? Who? The short guy? The, yeah. No, the no, short no, 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 no. I was at the UN headquarters. The building he came out of was where the, the people who run the planet, make the decisions for the entire planet from that building. That was a ruler I encountered. Now, in the Bible, I'm not religious, but this is what the Christian Bible says. There are principalities. There's a, there are powers. There's a, there are rulers of darkness. There are spiritual wickedness in high places. He was a ruler. I know I encountered him. And from that day I encountered him, he turned on the cybernetics in my body. And I was never, ever since that day, I have a difficult time being around anything that's plugged in, the, even down to power lines, anything that requires electrical, um, an electrical conduit. I have problems being near because he turned on both the government and the ET implants in my body. The I should say more like the ancient implants in my body, right? Then... Um, the Greys. Okay, so I encountered the Greys when I was in North Carolina. Okay, and I'll just make it short. They didn't come out of their craft, but they wanted me to see what they look like. So what they did is they have the ability to project their image onto anything and make it look like what they want to want it to look like, like a hologram. Okay. Yeah. But the only difference is it's like a projecting hologram, not a hologram in stasis. Okay, what do I mean? Okay, so what a gray would do, what a gray would do is this is a pink cup. We can agree this is a pink cup, right? But if the gray wanted me to see something, he could transmute this cup to look like his face for me to see that it's a gray. So what the grays did, because I had a feeling it was the grays when I was in North Carolina, when they came out, it was a fleet of UFOs that came out to greet me for whatever reason. And they wanted me to see what they looked like. What they did is they projected their image from the craft onto a tree. And then the entire tree changed shape. I have a picture somewhere of this to look like a gray alien, okay? 
Now, this type of stuff is in your Bible. For example, Moses talking to God from a burning bush. God is not a burning bush. Ah, that's projection, transmutation. You see what I'm saying? So grace yeah. are known to do that, okay? The, now, what they told me was that we're keeping an eye on you, but they didn't try to abduct me and they didn't try to harm me, okay? They just wanted me to know we're keeping a very close eye on you. They gave me a message and then they told me they wanted me to see what they looked like, which was grace. Okay, and that was in Fayetteville, North Carolina, on a lake. Okay, so, and then there's Bigfoot. The way Bigfoot communicates on that very same lake, the way Bigfoot communicates was a little bit different because after the UFOs left, it was a fleet of them that came out. Bigfoot was behind me in the bush, in the bushes. And the way he communicated, he let me know telepathically he was Bigfoot and he was trying to get me to turn around. But I was saying in my mind, I'm not turning around because I know what you are and I'm not going to turn around and I see two red eyes from pitch black darkness staring at me. Are you kidding me? And the only thing in front of me is a pitch black lake. You know, so he kept this is the way how Bigfoot communicated with me. He did this thing that I call telepathic taps. Okay. These yeah. taps, he did it up and down my back. They were cold. They were painless, cold and painless. Okay. Moving up and down my back. And while he tapped, it would be translated to words in my head. This is fascinating. I've never heard, I mean, I've heard of Bigfoot communicating telepathically, but never on this level. This is amazing. I'd love to hear more. This is so, this is so fascinating. Yeah. And I can even tell you, I mean, I wish I remember where the lake was, but I can tell you the lake is Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay. Well, you know, you know, what's so interesting, Raina, somebody mm -hmm. just said in the chat that that's close to them. Like that, that there's, there's a lot going on there in North Carolina. I think there's underground military bases. I have a lady who comes on my show. Her name's Mary Joyce. She's an investigative journalist. She has the website Skyships over cashiers and supposedly cashiers is this small town in North Carolina and they get everything. They have Cherokee, little people, Bigfoot, UFOs, the whole yeah. shebang. You know what I right. mean? So there's a lot going on there. You know, like it's it's uh from what I don't live there, but I, that's just just what I've heard. You know. Okay, I'll tell you what I what might be the reason why when I was when I was on the land in North Carolina for some reason I could stand on a piece of land and I can tell you what's under there if there's oil, gold, water, whatever. When I was in Fayetteville, there were two things I picked up about the land. And by the way, that lake in Fayetteville, they have an undersea base or an under lake base. It's not a sea, it's a lake. Sorry. An under lake base. Okay. So that could be, I mean, I shouldn't be, let me not expose, you know, their, their whatever, because they didn't harm me. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't say too much about, you know, their lair. Okay. Um, but what I will say is two things, two reasons why I think North Carolina is a hub for this, because this is what I picked up. One, North Carolina has pyramids. Okay. In the, um, 
Yeah, they do. In the in the what do you call those mountains? It's called the um not the Appalachian or, or by the way. No, the Appalachians, I'm going to tell you a story about what happened to me, how I ended up in the Appalachians before I arrived in North Carolina. But it was, uh, is it the green something mountain? Blue Blue Mountains? No, it's... um Blue Ridge. Blue Ridge Blue Mountains. Ridge. Blue Ridge Mountains. Blue Ridge Mountains. So there are bases, okay, which I probably shouldn't be telling you because they don't really harass anyone, but there are bases in the Blue Ridge Mountains. But two things I picked up about, about North Carolina. One is that North Carolina, when I set foot on the land, immediately I knew, I said, this land is rich in crystals. Crystals produce and rare gemstones. They produce very strong fields. Okay. And those fields would attract what you call inner earth civilizations, right? or even ETs, okay? Now, the fields can amplify themselves when there's water. So what I notice is there's a lot of lakes. And what I also notice is that under those lakes are also inner earth civilization. So I'm going to leave that there because they didn't harm me and I don't want people or governments going to harm them, Okay. So I'll just leave that there. So one, the second thing I picked up, up, up about North Carolina is that they have a lot of oil. Now, the North Carolina government will say, no, we don't. And I'm like, yes, they do. Okay. And oil produces a very strong, sorry, a very strong energetic field. Okay. When you come to inside of the earth, you always got to think energy fields. So if you're an ET civilization, there are ETs that can live surface level, but the energetic field inside of the earth might be more conducive for a lot more of them than surface level where the fields are weaker. You see what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what I learned about this ancient Eldorado, Eldoradoan civilization. Okay, the reason why they're underground and they would like to come above ground it's because the energetic fields are favorable to long life. There is something, I don't know what it is, but there is something that they've taught me about living underground and, and life extension. You would think because they live underground, it's more methane, it's heavier gases, right? Whereas above ground is oxygen. And you would think, Less oxygen means less life, okay? Not the case for the Eldoradoans. It's the opposite. But to compensate for the oxygen, they use something called living gold. That is another thing that could be why you, North Carolina has a strong energetic field and a strong um, leaning towards cryptids, right? So when I was on the lake, and I'll get back to Eldorado, when I was on the lake, so Bigfoot, and I knew it was Bigfoot because he told me. And I asked the, the, the person next to me, I said, hey, listen, are you hearing anything? And she goes, no. But she did see the UFO. She did see the fleet. And when I went to film them, my phone shut off. But she had an Apple phone. By the way, if you want to film ETs, Androids are not going to work. If you want to film um, UFOs, especially a fleet, 
because it was a fleet that came out. Androids are not going to work. They're going to shut it down. So there's some. Why is that? Why why is that? I, I, I just I, I gotta know. Well, what I noticed about the the Apple phones, especially when you have technology in your body, the Apple phones can literally be turned into a directional antenna. I shouldn't be saying this publicly because I don't want them to alter Androids. Okay. But the Apple phones, especially if you have technology in your body, you should not have an Apple phone. Okay. Because that's how powerful they are. They're way more powerful than Androids. So when we're on the lake, that's what I think. Because I know whenever people are, you know, there's there's something called targeted individuals, right? Oh, yeah. Targeted individuals should not have Apple phones because they're powerful antennas. They're literally directional antennas. And they literally, when you're targeting, become the weapon that can target you. Whereas the field for the androids are much weaker. So what I noticed is that when I went to go film the fleet that came out, because of the energy field, the android I had shut off. The person who was with me had an iPhone and was able to film the fleet, film them doing the projecting hologram. Remember I told you they wanted me to see what they look like. So they projected what they look like onto a tree. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then, sorry, one second. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry about that. And then I believe that the energy field of the UFO shut off my phone, but because Apple can be a two-way directional antenna, they didn't mess with her phone. So she got the videos. She got the projection when they projected onto the tree. She got the, when they made two eyes, they literally broke apart the craft. It was like five or six of them. They broke apart in two. They formed two eyes. And then they aimed two lasers straight at me and then telepathically was communicating to me from the craft, telling me, we are watching you everywhere you go, right? And then they, they left a message. They wrote in the sky, tech, T-E-K, yes, Y-E-S, K-E-Y. And then they did this maneuver and then they left. And then shortly after they left, that's when Bigfoot showed up. Right. So Bigfoot's communication was, uh, by the way, it's cold. When Bigfoot is communicating with you, the telepathic taps is cold. OK. And it feels like needles, but it's not needles. OK. It doesn't hurt like someone poking you with a needle, but you literally feel like someone's poking you with a needle. But it's communication. And then as they're tapping. It's cold, like a needle, but without pain, no pain. As they're communicating, it gets translated in your head, what they're saying. And they literally communicate up and down like this, telepathic taps. Wow. Yeah. I wonder what, what, why they do, or how they do that. They have to be like, obviously, a very supernatural creature with some yeah. kind of skills that they've had over throughout their existence that enables them to do this, right? I mean, like, there's something up with that creature. Like, it, it's not just a, it's not just a, a, a shoot off of a primate, right? No. It's like there's something more going on there. No, the I mean, their form of communication. Because for some reason, I seem to understand ET communication. Why? I don't know. But for some reason, their communication to me seem as if they were advanced. 
One, it was telepathic. Two, if they're a primate, what are they doing typing? Think about it. Because <laughs> yeah. Right? What are they doing typing? And what are they doing when they, they're typing on someone's back? And as they type on my back up and down, it gets translated to words? No, this is not a primate. This is an advanced species. That's my yeah. opinion, right? I agree. But telling me, turn around, I want you to see me. And I said in my head, no, I'm not, because you're in the bushes. And it's pitch black in those bushes. I'm on a little pier. And I'm like, in front of me is a pitch black lake. I'm like, I turn around and I see two red eyes staring at me from the black bushes. And the only way I can go is on the lake, in the lake. I don't think so. I told it no. So that's my experience with Bigfoot. So Bigfoot does exist. There's something about Bigfoot and UFOs. Whatever it is, I don't know. They didn't tell me. All I know is how they communicated. Okay. Didn't harm me. Basically wanted me to turn around to see what it looked like. And that wasn't happening. Right. So that was my experience with the grades now. And I'm going to get back to El Dorado. Getting to the Appalachian. Now, this person who was with me on the lake in North Carolina, in Fayetteville, um, we were driving from New York. And this is a true story. From New York to North Carolina. We get to, I believe it's the last gas station before you enter North Carolina. So it's maybe 45 minutes before you enter North Carolina. Okay, I, I, I hope I got that right because I should have like, we were in a state of shock. I didn't write it down, okay? And I'm sorry, they're like really on my network, okay? Really torturing me on my network, on this network. So if you see me squinting, just bear with me, okay? So these are all true stories, okay? So where are, she's like, Renetta, we need gas, okay? I said, okay. She says, take the phone, and go type in gas and do a search. So the phone is hooked up to the tablet in the car, right? So I look for gas and I said, okay, the next gas station is here. She said, Renetta, it's not safe. That gas station is a local gas station. We should go to a big one. I said, okay. So we look for the next gas station. So we found a big gas station, the next one. We saw it on the phone. We saw it on the tablet in the car. And we saw it on the DOT blue sign next stop gas station we turn off the highway and as we turned off the highway it literally said next stop gas station get off okay as we turn off the highway i go i look to my left i look to my right i go there's no gas station here okay but i said to myself i said listen you never try to tell a driver how to drive. You know what I mean? And this person was 20-something years in the military. So I'm like, okay, they're 20-something years in the military. They know what they're doing, you know, because I wasn't driving, right? So as we get off the highway, I said, there's no gas station here. So we're off the highway, right? All of a sudden, we're driving and driving and driving and driving. It's pitch black. No building. No buildings, no lights, no traffic lights. All we see is six feet in front of us, headlights. To the left, it's outline of trees, pitch black night. 
to the right, outline of trees, pitch black night. I'm like, there's no gas station here. So we're driving. She keeps driving and she goes, Renetta, the sign said, this is the sign from the federal government. There's a gas station here. We're driving five minutes. I turn to my right and I'm looking in the forest to my right. And I hear a voice say, you don't belong back here. There are dead bodies back here. Click, click, click. I'm like, what? So I turned down and I go, did you hear that? She goes, no, I didn't hear anything. She goes, we're going to find the gas station. I said, okay. I said, maybe it's me. So we go driving again. Again, I turn to the right. I hear a voice coming out of the forest. I said, you don't belong back here. There are dead bodies back here. So I go crazy. I start screaming, get us out of here. She does a U-turn. We fly out of there. We get to, as soon as we enter the border of North Carolina, she goes, because she's military. She goes, hey, that's funny. She goes, the U.S. military, when their scientists want to study decomposition of bodies, they do so in the Appalachian. So I didn't really think anything of it until I said, wait, hold on. The Appalachian? I said, that's West Virginia. Where we were was literally on that highway. In the natural course of time, it would have taken us five hours and 45 minutes to get to deep in the Appalachian Mountains. We literally, in the middle of the night, jumped through a portal off-ramping, looking for a gas station, ended up going through an open portal and landing deep in the Appalachian Mountains in West Virginia. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Like, yeah. and did, did anything else happen with that? Or like, I mean, did you see any, like, be, and but when, when you got this communication, cause you said it went click, click, click. And they said there are dead bodies here. First of all, that makes me think about the missing 411, like, because like there's something up with that. And, 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 uh, but then also, would you think that was Bigfoot telling you that? that, that okay. That I don't think it was Bigfoot, but this is the picture I got. When the second time it said to me, you don't belong, it was coming from the forest. So I know it wasn't satellite and I know it wasn't coming from my phone because we didn't have any connection. And I knew it wasn't coming from the dashboard because we didn't have any connection. Uh, it was coming from the forest into the car. When I heard click, 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 immediately there was a picture in my head of someone's neck being broken. Oh, wow. So something opened a portal, okay, on the highway. Something created a hologram on the highway with a DOT transportation sign that says gas station. There was no, there wasn't even a building. There wasn't even a street light. There was nothing there. Something took over our phone and put in a gas station in the phone because we both saw it. A gas station on the tablet because we both saw it. 
and a gas station sign from the Department of Transportation because we both saw it. When we turned off, we literally jumped from our reality into another reality in deep in the Appalachians in West Virginia. Okay? When we were going down the road, going down this, this lonely street road, there was nothing there besides trees. And I think she was hypnotized. And the reason why I say she was hypnotized is because she's military. And she knows land navigation at night. So how could she not sense, hey, listen, there's no gas station here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, when I heard the voice say, there's no gas station here. And it said to me, you do not belong back here. There are no gas stations here. And I heard clack, clack, clack. I literally saw the picture of necks being broken. Oh man. What, what do you think that is though? Like, what do you think that's like a, like a, like a government program or something like that? Whatever it was, I, when I saw the necks being broken, I felt like it was a feeding, some kind of feeding going on. Oh, like a cryptid thing, like a dog man or something like that. No, like a feeding, like, like when I, okay. When I saw the necks being broken, it was human necks that were being broken. That's what I saw. That's the picture that came up in my mind. So some kind of feeding program, getting rid of human bodies to... I didn't see, I did not see what was eating it. I only heard, but I yeah. saw necks being broken and it was human necks being broken. So what I deduced, it was some sort of, um, you know, feeding program where they were offshoring off humans. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's insane. Wow. Um, but we, we, we kind of went off track with El Dorado, but like, where, where, I can't remember where we were in your story with El Dorado. I wanted to, yeah, I okay. definitely wanted to cover that. So before we got to El Dorado, James tested, sorry, James took me to, we regressed my high school first, right? And that's when I realized I was being taken to Atlantis, okay? Um, through my high school in America. So that's when I said, I said, James, you know, I told him about what happened to me in 2015 in Trinidad. So I was like, he's like, so you want to go? I said, Trinidad is a tricky place. It has a lot of like portals and creatures and, you know, cryptids. And But I said, you know what, let me go. And then when we went, immediately we got, James and I landed and there were two human-like beings there waiting to meet us. They were very tall and they were very slender, okay? And no, they weren't slender man, but they were slim, like a normal human being, but slim, one of them, and very tall. And he said, he said, immediately said to James, thank you for bringing her back. I needed her, we needed her to come back because we have a message, okay? You listening, you okay? Oh yeah, 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 sorry. I, I'm, I'm really into the, like, yeah. Okay. so. When we got there, we were met by a diplomat, okay? His name is uh, Saihan, Saihan. Oh, Sihan. Now, are these humans? Or would you say these are humans? Or like, what are, they? what are these beings? These are humans who survived the flood. The great flood, the big the one. Flood. The last one, yeah, the, the really big one, right? 
um, they survived the flood and they've been surviving catastrophes that have happened to this planet for a very long time. Their civilization, I'm going to tell you what, what happened when we, when, we, when we got there. So they took me into El Dorado. They took us into El Dorado. And of course, we had to go through some sort of purification. When we landed there, I couldn't breathe. Okay. Because I was like, oh my God, the air here is, I was like, I can't breathe. And he said, that's because there's very little oxygen down here. So what he did is he gave me what they call living gold. So there's something under the earth. And here's what I think. There's something under the earth that gives gold life. Okay. There is gold and then there is living gold. Okay. He gave me the, the, the liquid gold. It was stable room temperature, but it was in liquid form. And he told me, sip this. He said, it will change your cells so that your cells are not being driven so much by oxygen. It will run on another component, which is gold. So you won't have a difficult time breathing down here because it's less gold down here. And it's heavier gases you're dealing with. So I said to myself, so I, so I sipped it. After I sipped it, immediately my lungs started to relax. And I was like, oh my God, I can breathe. You know? So then he took us, he said, listen, these are just our, our tradition before you meet the king. Okay? They're really torturing me. He goes, these are your, our traditions before you meet the king. So what we had to do is we had to prostrate on our bellies, face down, and hands out, like this, face down. And then the king anointed us head, I think it was right, left, right, left. Then we sat up, and when we sat up, he had a mask. It was a gold mask with jade eyes, okay? He removed the mask, and the reason why they had to do that is so that we would not be blinded. Okay, he removed the mask and it was, his, it, you couldn't see his face. It was white gold, white illuminating gold. So you would literally, you were literally like this. So that's why they had to do the ritual. You touch the head, the hand, so that way you don't go blind because there yeah. are gold, you know? And after he did that, that's when the king began to speak to us. Now, many fascinating things we learned, right? One of the things they wanted to show us was they taught us that they are masters of what they call, you know, lava. And to them, lava is not just lava from a volcanic eruption. It's a life form. And it's a life form you can communicate with. And he showed me that in the ancient days before monotheistic religion, and I'm not downing monotheistic religion, I'm just showing you a principle. He showed me that in the days before monotheistic religion, the people used to worship at the foot of the mountain because they thought there was a God in there and they thought that the lava was alive. And he said the people, he said, even though they were primitive in their thinking, they were right because lava is a life force. It's living, it is not dead, just like, he taught me, he said, water is not dead. It's a life force. You can communicate with it. You can talk to it. It will respond. Gold is also a life force. So he showed me that lava 
is one of their military weapons, but it's also one of their um um one of the tools they use to build a civilization. So what he did is they showed me that they they communicate with the lava with what they call tuning. So their spirituality is not a set principles of dogma. You know how the human race have to have set principles of dogma. Don't lie, don't yeah. cheat, don't steal, don't rape, no, 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 right? No, they transcend those things. Those things are like, for them, it's like babies, okay? If, you know, for them, it's like, okay, you're primitive if someone has to tell you these things. So they transcended these things. Not that they practice it, it's that they've evolved from it, right? And this state of spirituality is what they call tuning. And what is tuning? Tuning is you literally tune into the electromagnetic frequency of what a thing is. The second phase of tuning is that you become it. The third phase of tuning is that once it recognizes you as itself, it allows you in and granted that you abide by certain laws, whatever those laws are, like there are laws for water. There are laws if you live on the land. There are laws if you're dealing with lava, right? Granted, you abide by these specific laws, elemental laws. It will let you in. And then you can use it to do what you need to do, right? So, for example, they use lava to carve out their cities. So let, let me show you what I mean. So Phil Schneider worked in building underground cities, right? And he used rock deflagration, right? So they bore the rock, right? So James asked him, James said, listen, what technologies do you have? And King Oban, Oban, he said, technology is primitive, so that was fascinating to me. I said, what do you mean technology is primitive? He said, technology is to compensate for the lack of spirit. He said, we don't deal in hardware. They deal with what I term spiritware. That is the spirit of the element. Even down to rocks, he's saying, have spirit. You follow it? So he's so saying it's all about I'm just saying so it's all about just like tapping into they're tapping into the the natural earth energies kind of, right? Like you know, like working with the lava, the water, the gold, the exactly. you know, like they're 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 very spiritually in tune, is what you're saying. That's it. That's their spirituality, that's their weapon, that's their spirituality, that is their way of life, and that is their technology. You see, so it's all encompassing. For example, a person today, our spirituality could be, I don't know, Christianity, right? But our technology would be a cell phone, right? The two are separate. Yeah. Well, not anymore, but you, you see where I'm going. Whereas for yeah. them, their spirituality and their technology and their, their, their religious beliefs are one. You can't differentiate. They're one. So what he was showing me was that they use lava when they need, as technology, when they need to build bigger cities, which is still building, apparently. They also use lava, um, they also um, use lava as a weapon. 
But the spirituality is tuning, meaning it's elemental. You become the element. He even showed me how they traveled in space, what you call space-time continuum, the secrets of, of how they travel in space. And it still uses the, the concept of this tuning, okay? And their tuning doesn't require portals. It's literally elemental, right? So he was explaining to me that that is how they stayed and the living gold is what they used to live to over a million years. And what they do is they use gold for re re regeneration, to regenerate their bodies, right? So I think when they, and I've seen it, when they come to the point where their body starts um, breaking down, they use like a, a gold bed. It's literally solid gold table. And this gold is alive. And what the gold does is it breaks down the dead cells. You know, when you age, your cells die, die off. Yeah, it breaks your telomeres and your body break down. Your, your, right. your telomeres start to shorten. Exactly. And your cells start to speed up. They get older. They, they regenerate slower. So what they do is they, they showed me the whole process of how they live to over a million years. And it's literally these living gold beds. And they laid the person on the bed. And I literally saw the gold that's alive. It literally goes like this as the person's laying down on the bed. So what it's doing is it's literally absorbing the dying cells and pulling it out of the body. And as it does that, the luster of the gold begins to diminish because they're pulling sickness, what we call sickness. They're pulling age, right? And they're pulling weakness out of the body, goes into the gold, and then the people get regenerated. Right. So that was one of the things that um, that was one of the things that I saw the technology for how they live so long and they can live upwards of a million years. And I think they just probably probably say, OK, I don't want to live anymore. And they just, you know, go back to the elements because they're elemental, you know, elemental in nature. You know, so that was one of the things. The other thing about Eldorado, when I, I, I did group travel to Eldorado. Okay, And when we went the second time, group travel, this is what I learned. They began to show me more of the inner earth civilizations. And what I, what I was told was that the inner earth civilizations, they retained the earth before the flood. And one of the secrets, you know how we have these megaliths all over the planet. And the people are like, oh, where are these megaliths from? You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. No, nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows how they were made. Yeah. Right. One of the things they showed me the second time we went, they took us to the Garden of Eden. Okay. When we got to the Garden of Eden, everything was singing. Singing. And when I say singing... I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, cicadas making their sounds, frogs croaking. No, they literally had a sound like they were singing a song. They were rejoicing that we got there. And what I did, even the food you ate was singing. What I received was that prior to the flood, everything on this planet had spirit. 
everything. Everything could communicate and everything rejoiced. It was literally a paradise on this planet. That is what I was shown. Even the food, when he picked the food and I looked down, I didn't see a face coming from the food. It was round and red. It, it, the red color was like a tomato, but the size was like a mango. And I looked at the, the, their fruit, okay? And their fruit was singing. I heard it. The waterfalls, there was a waterfall in their garden. The waterfall was singing. Everything had a song. Everything rejoiced. Everything was alive, including the rocks and the people. The other thing about El Dorado is that the people, their feet never touched the ground. They would glide. Okay? They would glide. So that's something that's from their vibration or frequency being so high, like that they're like levitating. Yeah. And they explained to me that it was okay. This is what they explained to me. They said from the core up, it pushes the electromagnetic fields up from the okay. surface down. It pushes the electromagnetic fields down. So there's some sort of cancellation that goes on with this living gold. And that's what allows them to glide everywhere. And you can glide. Literally, you can glide as slow as a snail or as fast as a rabbit or as fast as a tiger. But it's, it's, it's literally a glide. So I think it's some maybe some sort of a gravitational cancellation that's occurring when you have two opposing electromagnetic fields, then this gold. When we went there the second time and we came out of the garden, even the gold was singing. And they showed me, they said, Renetta, I wanted you to see this because I wanted you to see how far this earth fell because of the corruption, which goes back to their spirituality. They said the earth is a mess because of corruption. And they said the second reason why the earth is a mess, they said because this planet was not supposed to be a planet with, with, with this level of technology. It was supposed to be a planet with more spiritual technology where the people had greater spirits and everything that the technology is doing today, they could do with their spirits. They said, what is happening is that the people are abdicating their spirit and they're moving towards technology. He said, the problem is the human race, this present human race is too primitive. You see what I'm saying? He's saying that what you mean by that? Yeah, that, that the technology, we're advanced with technology, but they're saying that that technology is primitive because it's not spiritual. It's not spirituality. It's not based, right? It's Is that kind of what yeah. you're saying? And he's saying our spirit is too young. He said, oh, okay. okay. So with their spirituality, right? If you're dealing with technology, this is what I understood it to be. I might be wrong. He said, if you're going to deal with hardware, physical technology, he says it requires a greater deal of spirituality so that the technology doesn't take over the person. He said, here's the problem. The technology is, is, is advancing at the state of like 100, right? Whereas yeah. the spiritual development of the people are at one. He said, what happens, because remember, they've been here for every cataclysm. 
He said, what happens is you're going to reach a point where the two converge and you're going to end up with cataclysms. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. So he was saying, look, they they oppose technology because they said, listen, everything you're doing with technology, we do with our spirits. They even showed me how they travel in space. And I thought this was fascinating. He was showing me that, look, you don't need technology to travel in space. He said the human was built to travel in space, but not in the present condition that we're in because of this thing called corruption. Okay. So there's something to corruption that makes the human body denser. Let me put it this way. There's something about human corruption that pushes the human body to the surface. You following? The yes, less yes. corruption, the less pull towards the earth. And you're free to move on a wave. Okay? One of the secrets that he taught me was that mathematics, and this is going to be difficult for people to understand, but I, I'm, just I'm just transferring the information for people to understand. He said, listen, the reason why the human race is enslaved, he said, is because the group, he calls them the tyrants, that run surface level earth. He said, they gave you mathematics. He said, numbers were given to the human race to limit their potential. It was designed to limit. He said, we, the reason why we live to what you call a million years, it's because we live according to wave. There's a grand wave, okay? Or what they call in math and in physics, a wavelength, okay? He said the universe is governed by a grand wave, okay? He said, for example, on that grand wave are data sets. The data sets on that wave could be our portion of the universe, are within the universe, our solar system, right? In that grand wave, in the solar system, you would find us, okay? He said, we don't live according to numbers because numbers, he said, to him, he said, it's, it's really like witchcraft. He said, that is the purpose of numbers. He said, it's the bind and it's the limit. He said, whereas if you live along this wave, he said, you live to infinity. The wave never ends. He said, the only problem is that there are variables that can cause this grand wave or the data sets along the wave to wobble. Okay. Yeah, I was. I wanted to say I heard you talking about this in your show with James Rink. You were saying that um, that uh, that like cataclysm or like things can cause the, the the wave to speed up, and you were referring to time, like how yeah. time can speed up due to these things. Can you get into that as well? Yeah, sure. So for them, they don't go by numbers; they go by a wave. Okay, they're saying that the universe is governed by a grand wave, which I mentioned before right? It literally looks like a wave. Like in math, it's a wave. They call it a sine wave. In physics, it's a wavelength. Same thing, right? So everything we do with numbers, they substitute numbers, because they don't use numbers, with a wave, right? So all the things we do with numbers, math, physics, science, whatever, they use a wave, right? 
So they're saying that when you live along the wave in terms of time and in terms of destruction and cataclysm, they are, when I tell you they're assaulting me, they're like really angry and they're really assaulting my eye. Oh, God. No, it's okay. It's, I'm accustomed to it, you know? I mean, that's what they do, right? So you're definitely, like, it's not just that you're a targeted individual. It's like you have this cybernetics inside you, and that's making, and that that you're a targeted individual with technology inside you. Basically. Yeah. I, yeah. I am, I don't call myself a TI, but I do have cybernetics. Um and there are factions around the planet who are desperate to get me underground, which they've tried multiple times, and I'm not going because they're crazy. Um, and then there are also factions who are on my side. You know, there's like an AI that's not on my side, and then there's an AI that's on my side. There are ETs that are on my side, and then there are ETs that are not. There are inner earth beings that are on my side and then there are ones that are not there are ancient civilizations who are still alive and they're still on this planet who are on my side and then there are those that are not right so and i i you know i am protected like you know i mean so that's how it goes but back to the wave back to the wave. so the wave is important for people to understand right because what he's saying is he's saying that humanity Humanity is never going to give up the technology. They're not. We're too far gone with this technology. But a lot of people are starting to realize this technology is a Trojan horse, which is what he's saying. Because the technology they're giving us is an enslaving type of technology used for destruction. You're following what I'm saying? Yes. So, so what he wanted to teach the human race was that your spirit is the greater of the technology and that is what they're after to remove and when you tap in when you when your spirit begins to grow and it gets bigger and the way your spirit they call it a field you know how we talked about the draco field the field of the dracos the auric field yeah the auric field of the grays right we spoke about the auric yeah. field of, right okay so when the human spirit begins to become bigger, larger, stronger, okay, it literally is more powerful than technology, than hardware, okay? And you're, and you're working to stabilize that wave, okay? When you introduce this, this artificial technology, which he said, he said the artificial technology was created by races who lost their spirit. And he said, where that's going to take the human race is going to take them to androids. And an android is one who loses their spirit. Right? So he's saying to the human race, you don't have to go down this technotronic path. You don't have to go down this technological path. You have spirit. Now, what you need to do is you need to develop your spirit in a way that your spirit becomes bigger and more um, all-encompassing than the technology. So this was some of the things that King Oban wanted me to know. The other thing that I believe too, is that there's a Nazi connection to El Dorado. By the way, do you know there's a city? Okay, so where the, um, 
Where the substation is, right, is right before Barataria, Eastern Main Road. That's considered Lavanti or Lavantil, right? Then across the street is Barataria. Do you want to know the next city next to Barataria? What it was called? What it's called? What's that? El Dorado. Wow. What's that mean? What does, what does that mean? Like Columbus named El Dorado. There's a place in Trinidad called El Dorado that was named by the Spaniards. Columbus. Do you think they knew? Do you think they, they knew about the underground? Think about it. They named Trinidad the Trinity. The Trinity is Father, Son, Holy Spirit to the Christian. But there was an ancient Trinity. The ancient Trinity is for the Greeks, Osiris, Isis, and Horus. Prior to Greeks, it was the people of Kemet, Ausa, Auset, and Heru. Why would Columbus name the country Trinity and then name a city in the Trinity El Dorado? Yeah, that's that's strange. I, I think the Trinity goes back to Babylon too. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. the names. I think one of the names is Ceramus or something yep. like that. But um, I think it, it does go back to Babylon too. I, there's something and with India. that Trinity. And ancient India. Yeah. And oh, the yeah, yeah. Hmm? Yeah. So the Trinity is very old. So the fact that they call this thing the Trinity, I said, uh-uh, Columbus was on a mission. Now watch this. Then we get to the Nazis which is Operation Neuland, Neuland, okay, Newland, okay, where the Germans was in that region again. And the United States had to repel them out of that region. Why would the Germans say Newland, New Land? So it tells me there's more to Trinidad and the Gulf of Paria and that region regarding gold. And I believe they know. King Oban told me, he said, the Nazis are after us again. Now, here's the funny thing. The thing with the liquid gold is that the liquid gold acts as a gauge. So if you're a person of upright, good character, the gold begins to shine with brilliance. If the person has a corrupt spirit, it begins to get dull because it's alive. And it's an amplifier. So it's literally going to amplify. Or better yet, it's going to um, uh, mirror mirror what's standing in front of it. Okay? Unless it's being used for regeneration. Right? Where it's, it's, it's going to do the opposite. It's going to pull the evil out and then regenerate the body. Right? So when they're trying to dis discern if a person is good or evil, they just put them near the living gold. The living gold begins to become brilliant if the spirit is good and or the living gold begins to get dull if they're not. So these are some of my experiences with King Oban. And what King Oban wanted the world to know was that the human race is losing its spirit. But it's not just the human race. They are removing the spirit out of the planet again and they're replacing it with a technological hardware. He's saying we are literally pushing to convergence. And that convergence 
is literally going to cause the planet to go through cataclysms. He said to pull the human race back from the precipice, he said people have to begin to seek the spiritual path, purify themselves of whatever evil, of whatever wrongs, evils, wickedness, whatever you want to call it, okay, and begin the process of enlarging their spirit. Now, how does one enlarge your spirit? It's simple. After you go through the process of purification, that is removing the baggage, the bondage, the evil, the wickedness, the corruption, then you begin to do what? You begin to do good. And then your spirit begins to grow. It begins to enlarge. You begin to seek knowledge, seek truth, seek wisdom. Your spirit begins to enlarge. He said, that's going to pull the planet back. You see, from where they're pushing us to, the convergence. And that convergence, he said, that convergence does not just affect us on surface level. He said, that convergence literally affects this wave. The more corrupt it becomes, the more unstable the wave. And I think the wave begins to... Um, now, here is my opinion. I might be right. I don't know. I'm not very good with physics. But I'm wondering if when the wave begins to wobble, right, is that what's causing the time to be shortened? Got to ask the question. I would think so because, I mean, it seems like the more chaotic the world gets, the more my life seems to speed up. I mean, I kind of just made that conclusion today when you were um, – well, I, I've always been wondering, like, since the Art Bell days, you know, I've been an Art Bell fan since I was a kid. You know, I kind of got away from it then got back into this recently. But what I was saying was um, Art Bell wrote that book about the quickening back in the day. He said mm -hmm. that things were starting to speed up, and it, it's true. Like, you know, like our lives are starting to speed up weekdays. Days, yep. weeks, months go by so fast. You know, like it's yep. like uh, it's like this weekend. This weekend went flying by for no for no reason. You know, like I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know if it's because of a you know. No, but he told me why. He said the more corruption and the more they impress upon a civilization technology without spiritual enlargement. He said it causes the wave. He said we're governed by a wave. He said they're lying. They're not telling you people the truth. He said they want you to believe you're governed by mathematics. He said, no, what governs this universe is a grand wave. He said, when you introduce hardware, technology, when you introduce, you know, non-organic frequencies, it destabilizes this wave and it begins to wobble. And as a result, it appears as if time gets distorted because we're on a wave. He said, it's not linear. It's literally like this. You know, I could take some, um, I could take some questions from your viewers if you'd like. Is yeah. Um, if you guys, if you guys have any questions, I know one of the questions that I, that was in the chat earlier that I saw was that um, we can do this real quick before we end up. Yeah. Like if you guys have any questions, put them in the chat. One of the questions was from rock. She said that um, she wanted to know if the reptilians are still underground. Did you see them? Absolutely. Um, I don't think they're underground alone. They are above ground. And dare I say, they are, I mean, it's, it's, it's a mess what's on this planet. They are above ground and they are taking over this planet. But there's another race you need to be aware of, okay? And this race, um, they're, they're way more ancient. 
they're the least spoken of. They're the most nefarious, okay? And their system of governance is worse than the reptiles. When we were under the reptiles, okay, the, the last 2,000 years we were living under reptilian rule, right? It was nonstop bloodshed. It's just wars, 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 and domination. That's just the reptilian nature, okay? The race that you need to be concerned with today when you're dealing with technology are the arachnids. How many people in your audience heard about the arachnid race? I, I think I might have heard about them once, but I don't know much about them. I guess they're a spider race? They are. Okay, this is the race that the people in the occult worship, okay? When they go high up in the occult, this is the group that they worship. It's the spiders. Now, let me show you a principle so you understand. The World Wide Web, right? That's what it's called? Yeah. Okay. And they're trying to get everyone to put technology so that we can all be hooked up to the web. Is that correct? Yeah, they want us to, they want us to, like, you know, with Neuralink and all that shit. Like, yeah, they're, they're trying to do that. Yeah. Okay. What spins a web? Oh, they, someone just put it in the chat. Stop looking at entertainment. Cardi said spiders make webs. Yeah. Um, that's, 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 that's smart. Yeah. Okay. The, so, Why so they're trying to put us in their web. So go. we're caught. Okay. You get caught when you're in a spider's web, right? Exactly. Okay. Let me show you something. Let me show you. So there's a push all of a sudden, right? For the human race to start eating bugs, right? Is that correct? I I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I know okay. I don't. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's this push to change the human diet from, you know, animal protein to insect protein where we're all eating bugs, right? Okay, so yeah. when a spider uh, spins a web and it catches prey, what do spiders catch in a web? Uh, bugs. Bugs. Why do they want us eating bugs and hooked up to the web? I don't know. I, I, you got me. What, what do they want? What do they? I want you to see the agenda. If they want you hooked up to a web and a spider spins a web, and they want you eating bugs and spiders eat bugs. What do you think they're doing? They're transforming us into them. Ah. They're transforming us into food for something we can't see. You see what I'm saying? Let me show you what I mean. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're the next meal, you're saying. Bingo. Watch this. Let me show you another principle. So the last three years, people were being okey-poked, okey-poked, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the jab, yeah. Right, the okey-pokey, okay? When a spider spins a web and the bug gets caught in the web and it's flickering like this trying to get out the web, what do spiders do? to keep the it bug. Shoots their venom. Oh my God, it shoots the venom. Holy shit. Are you right? beginning to it's see what's on this planet? 
Okay, let me. The let venom. Me, okay, it puts venom into the prey, right? Yeah. Okay. Are you beginning to see this agenda? Yeah, this okay. is insane. I mean, no, no, okay, I'm not saying no, this is like, this is so like, this is, I'm so glad you said this because I think this is stuff people need to know. Oh, you know, it gets this worse. Is wild. Oh, it gets worse. Watch this. So the people who began looking at the Okie Poke, right? They discovered that there are sensors in the Okie Poke. Sensors are for tracking. Okay, tracking objects, right? How do spiders track prey? On that, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. Sensors. Oh my God, wow. Now do you understand? This is, what this is, this is, yeah, this is wow. This is wow. I, I never, and nobody, and you know what I mean? It's like the unseen enemy, right? Like nobody's ever heard of these arachnids. They're not real popular in the ET culture. Like, and I think that's, that's part of like an agenda that's going on. Like, you know, like people, they'll show you this, they'll show you, they'll talk about the grays, you know, but then you don't even hear about the reptilians much. It's like the reptilians want to be out of the conversation, but they're still kind of in our culture, but you never hear about these spiders. You know? It's the spiders steering all of this. And look at this. Spiders do their work from a layer of darkness, right? A layer. Unless they track a prey via sensors. And they are putting sensors into everything, right? So when you don't hear people talk about the spider race, which I believe comes from Mars, and I know most people don't believe NASA because, you know, never a straight answer. But many people, many amateur people, astronomers, were saying, hey, what are all these giant spiders on Mars? The amateurs, not NASA, the amateurs. The amateur astronomers were asking, what are all these spider-looking things on Mars? And NASA goes, oh, that's just cracks. So NASA never said, oh, you amateurs, you're crazy. There are no spiders on Mars. They said, no, 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 those spiders are cracks. So what I think is happening on the Earth which, and when you look at the agenda, you know this is not a reptilian agenda because we've been ruled by these reptiles for 2,000 years. Their agenda is dominate and bloodshed. Not really yeah. exterminate. Their agenda is dominate, bloodshed, slavery, but some of us, they give us freedom. You can look at the agenda and see we're dealing with something we've never dealt with before. Because it uses a technology that is literally wants to infect everything. That's what spiders do. Number two, exterminate everything. Whereas the reptilian rule was, eh, some of you will, some of you can have money, some of you will be poor, we'll give you a hidden slave system. 
The reptilian rule is clearly different, but we can tell that this rule that's coming on this planet is totally different, people. And that should make you look, you got to look at the entire agenda. And when you take a step back from the agenda, there's only one group that comes up, it's spiders. From start to finish, it's spiders. Even, and I'm not a Christian, but even in the Bible, in the book of Job, it tells you, it said in the book of Job that they lean on a spider's web. That's what they lean on for trust. They said they trust in the spider's web. And why do I say that? I'll tell you something about spiders. Spiders use frequencies. Okay. And many humans think that this war will require that you're proficient in guns. And I'm like, you're dealing with a frequency war. So that's a whole other level. Yeah, it's, I didn't, yeah, well, wow. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Um, well, that, but we're, we're based in frequency though, right? It's all, everything's vibration and frequency, it seems. Yeah, but there's there's frequencies that are natural, and then there are artificially manipulated frequencies. And what we're being based in is not just radiated frequencies, but it's artificial frequencies that is being used to distort everything on Earth. And if you are an alien race and you want to take over the planet, number one, you're going to want to take over the planet before people figure out you're here. So it tells you this agenda is not from anything that's been here. This agenda is from something that just arrived here. And I believe they came through CERN. Sorry. <coughs> I'm sorry. One of the that's all right. We're going to, we're going to finish up pretty soon because we're going to have to do a part two because everybody in the, everybody in the chat loves you. Like there's everybody like enjoyed this so much, but like we've been going about an hour and 40 minutes. So okay. I say maybe like a couple more minutes and then we'll, we'll maybe wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, sure. I mean, if they have any more questions, I can answer their questions. If they want to visit my website, I can tell people what I do, whatever. I'm just, uh, I have like uh, five more minutes and we can um, wrap it up and do a part two. Yeah, that would be perfect. I'd love to have you back on. You're, you're a fascinating guest. Like I, I, uh, I love the the culture you bring to this too. Like the, the, you know, I've always been fascinated with like voodoo and, and, uh, and, and, and where, where that came from and, and, and to tie this all together and how it, that there's actually an inner earth civilization and and in Trinidad, like now, it's not just there though, right? It's from what yeah. you said. This is uh, like the Atlantis and Lemuria are still around too, right? They're underground. My first one, and I don't want to go too much into Atlantis, so we could do it for part two, because Atlantis is where they have the living library. Funny enough, the Pentagon just just disclosed that there are UFOs injuring American soldiers and causing them brain damage. And they're all under the sea. You know what that means, right? The Pentagon wants to go to war with Atlantis. And I had a Nazi, N-A-Z-I, tell me that the U.S. Navy has been at war with Atlantis for 200 years. Wow. People, Atlantis is real. Okay. 
What, what do you think we're doing fighting Atlantis? And do you think it's going on? Uh, do you think that the, we're using like some kind of te- technology they got from when Tesla died to try to uh, battle yeah. some of these UFOs or what's going on with that? Yeah, I think, well, a lot of the space program is part one Tesla technology, but Tesla technology and people don't like to admit this. Tesla got the technology from cracking the codes in Egypt. Okay, and a lot of people don't like to say that. They think Tesla was just sitting around and started playing around. No, all of this playing around with electromagnetic frequencies came out of Egypt. That's where he got this knowledge, right? But he was able to crack these codes and do it at during his time. So then what you have is you have the Nazis who took a lot of this knowledge and coupled with knowledge from interdimensionals and extraterrestrials, they built a formidable cosmic civilization. The Nazis are a bloodline. It is not an ideology. They lie to people and they tell people that, you know, Nazi Nazism, which is national socialism, is just a, a, an ideology for a country. Uh-uh, because I've been around them. They are not, it is not an ideology. People actually descend from a Nazi bloodline. Yeah. So, yeah, what I would like to do is, and let me just say this for the algorithm, we're just talking about history, right? So what I'd like to do is I'd like to um, come back if you want, and we could do Atlantis, and I can teach the people. By the way, Atlantis, which is still around, it's not a kingdom. Atlantis is a queendom. Okay? It is ruled by a female. Okay? Whereas other civilizations are ruled by a male. Now, the queendoms, this is how they operate. When it comes to things like diplomacy, okay? And what I was told by the queen of Atlantis was that the earth, and this is where you get in biology, the matrilineal lines going back further. The reason why matrilineal lines go back further is tied to the female aspect of creation, which has been hidden. And this is one of the reasons why this planet is out of sync, because the planet is only being run on male energy and it is not being run on both when i say both i don't mean destructive male energy i mean healthy constructive male energy and healthy constructive female energy right this is how the planet should have run which goes back to the back of the u.s dollar bill on the left seal where the pyramid is that is the head. Do you have any children in this chat? No, no, no. There's no. This is, I make my videos all for people over 18. Oh, good. Okay. So when you look at the back of the U.S. dollar bill, the back of the U.S. dollar bill is the Trinity. Remember, we spoke about the Trinity, right? So the yeah. left side of the U.S. dollar bill is a pyramid with an eye. I'm not being perverse. You got to catch this because this is how these entities speak. That's not a pyramid. That is the symbol of the man. That is the head of the penis. The top of the pyramid where the eye is, the smaller pyramid surrounded by light is a male ejaculating. 
and the eye represents the hole in the penis that opens for the ejaculation to come up, which gives light. That's what it looks like when a male ejaculates, right? On the yeah. right side of the seal, on the back of the US dollar bill, is the female seal, okay? The female, so the left is the male, on the right is the female seal. When you look at the seal, it looks like a woman with her legs opened, okay, pregnant. That's the circle with the 13 stars. The 13 stars are made to look like a fertilized egg with 13 fer uh, uh, sperm in there. Under that is the cervix. Under that is the uterus, okay? And then you see the vagina. In the center of the US dollar bill, it says one. They're telling you that's the Trinity, male, female, child, Isis, Os sorry, Osiris, Isis, Horus, Alsa, Alset, Heru. However, in the hands of someone corrupt, when a mind is corrupt or the race is different, we're dealing with arachnids, they're going to interpret that seal she looked at the dollar bill with they live glasses. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's a good one. So, when uh, you that, yeah, that's, that is a good one. That, oh, that is, yeah. I like that. That was a really good one. So, when you look at the, the seal, let's say you're corrupt, let's say you have an agenda, right? And your agenda is from your alien race, right? So, look at this you're an alien, you come to planet Earth, and this is the seal. This is the seal they're telling you for the new world order. Let's say I'm an arachnid and I'm going to use my arachnid intelligence, which is AI, arachnid intelligence, to interpret that seal. And I know where I come from. We do parthenogenesis. You know what parthenogenesis is? No, I'm not familiar. Parthenogenesis is when a female could fertilize her own egg and get pregnant. Okay, so okay. let's interpret that seal with what's controlling this planet. So the past interpretation was left male, right female, in the middle is one child, right? I'm an alien race, I come and I know that this seal is a seal that governs the earth. But my way is parthenogenesis. So what would I do? I would say male, female, and I will make them one. Now do you see the agenda? Yes. So instead of male on the left, female on the right, no, the male and the female is going to be one. What does that mean? We're going to cut off genitalia. If all, you see in the agenda? Yeah, it's like what the greys ended up being. It's like it's like what the it's like maybe that's like the greys are coming back from like a future timeline if, if that's what they are you know um they want us to be androgynous but if you if i i, I really gotta go but i gotta i wanted to say this if you listen to like remember credo mutwa the, the yeah. african shaman who did the yeah. show with david like he says yeah. at one point we were androgynous do you believe that or do you think that's not right okay we know according to biology today when the the, the fetus is being is, is growing in the womb, I'm sorry. The fetus has one sex until the division of the sexes. It's female. 
But this is something different, okay? This is something different. This was when we were in the waters, okay? When you listen to Kredo Muta, Kredo Muta said we were one sex because we were aquatic. That's like not the normal. Yeah, like the normal, okay. right? Which is Atlantis, right? Now, when we look at the female, okay, so the embryo is, is, is developing in the womb, okay? It's one sex until the division of the sexes occur. What happens when the division of the sexes occur? The ovaries drop to testes. It's female until those ovaries drop. Yeah. So there is scientific evidence to point to the fact that there was one, one sex. But let me distinguish because I knew Kredo Mutua's family and I know his daughter. Kredo Mutua said, when we were aquatic and when we were telepathic, we were different and we did not speak with our mouth because we had no vocal cords. He said, when the Dracos came, the Dracos divided the sexes because they were no longer aquatic. They were land-based. He divided the sexes, made male and female, and then removed the powers of telepathy and gave us vocal cords. And we were able, he said, from that time, that is when humans began to lose immense power which is spirit yeah wow the, the, this has been fascinating we're gonna have to do a part two because like i didn't know you knew credo moot was family too that's fascinating like I, we got to get into that too but but th first of all thank you for taking two hours out of your day and and, and trying to educate the audience that means a lot to me because it's it's not easy to sit here for two hours and talk to people so like i really appreciate it thank you and can you tell everybody where to find you if you have a YouTube channel, your um, website and all that stuff. And thank you so much. Sure. I can tell you what I do. What I do is I help to free people's spirit. A lot of people have ancestral bondage that is keeping them back. I look for it. I find it. I walk them through the process to remove it. Basically, I liberate people. Okay. Yeah. That is what the services I provide. On the 31st, the last Friday of every month, last Friday, every month, we travel for the last month and this coming month, which is the 31st of this month. If you go to my website, we are going to travel to Atlantis in the astral. You can go and you can read the comments. So that way you see the reviews for the consultation and you see the reviews for our group training. The website is blacksunrise.com, B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N-R-I-S-E.com. So you spell sunrise, S-O-N-R-I-S-E.com, blacksunrise.com. And I'm sure you're going to put it in the link below yeah I, I have it in there right now but i'm i'm, I'm i'll make sure yeah but it, yeah I, I i think it's already in there but yeah but th that's awesome yeah and one of the things that i think that is my my mission 
and it's it's coming it's coming to me now what the mission is is that the planet needs and i'm not perfect i'm telling you right now there are groups on this planet that want us dead and i'm very angry at it okay i'm gonna leave that there but one of the things that's been put into my spirit is one is reconnecting women with the divine feminine because we're going to need to balance off the energies on this planet because the energies on the planet are off i am not involved in the occult i don't do voodoo i don't practice obia i don't do these things now i know some of it but i don't practice these things okay number two is that we have to start teaching people how to love okay like really like there's a lot of hate in the world and it's sad it really is right and and to stabilize the wave we're going to have to start now i am not telling people to go and forgive evil no you need to be angry at evil that is normal okay but what i'm saying is day to day we have to go back to loving okay we have to remove things like jealousy envy you cannot go around being jealous of anyone, no matter what they have. It's not good because you are impacting that wave and you are allowing when, when a person walks in envy, jealousy, slander, lies, any of these things by your actions. Remember, he said it's a wave, which is a wave. You are emanating that and you are allowing more evil entities to come into this dimension. So in order for us to try to stymie some of this evil, we got to, and I don't mean, oh, love and light, no. If a person is kind to you, be kind to them, okay? If a person helps you, help them. If a person is honest with you, be honest with them. That is what I mean. I don't mean love and light. I mean love in real action. We have to start going out there. And this is what I mean too. You, This is the time. You have to love those who have love. We cannot be giving love to people who don't have it because you are wasting precious energy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You do yeah. give love to people who don't have it. You do not give love to people who don't appreciate it. People, there are people out here who are loving, kind souls who have been used and abused. And there is no one giving them back the love that they need for them to keep fighting, for them to keep helping us. That is what we need to do. And that is how we balance and stabilize the energies on this planet. People are wondering, oh my God, the new world order is taking over. Oh, we need to go in the streets and burn them down. Okay? No, what we need to do is when you see a person who you know is a good person, be good to them. That's it. That's how you stabilize the energy. That's how you stabilize the wave. You do good where good is needed, and then you run from evil. That is how you stabilize the wave. I hope that I helped. Well you. said. That's well. That's really well said. I, I agree. I I couldn't agree more. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you again. This was awesome. And uh, 
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. And I'll, I'll put all the links in the description. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank and you. Uh, Bye.